Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 133 at Edmonton. Uh, a tweet that uh, appeared on uh, just now from The Athletic from an NFL front office executive. Uh, 133, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We'll get to Ian Herbert's momentarily. Uh, this in relation to Cam Newton. Pretty good quarterback, starred Auburn uh, back in the day, obviously had a pretty good run with Carolina. This quote from a NFL front office executive, this in relation to the whole COVID situation, and then you do crap, we'll use that as the word, like misunderstand the COVID protocols as a veteran. That's like sending Bill Belichick a handwritten note that says, cut me. And uh, and again, it's it's going to be a storyline carrying forward here. So all this week, we've talked a bit about uh, coaching and uh, how guys got into coaching. Uh, we had Jay Woodcroft on Monday's show. We had Brad Lauer on Tuesday's show. Yesterday, Guy Gadowski out of Penn State. Uh, I promised you we're going to get former writer Ian Herbers on. Uh, he's going to join us in about 25 seconds' time. He's the head coach at the University of Alberta. Jim Playfair will be on tomorrow's show. But just speaking of the U of A program, uh, they're already going. They've already started training camp. Ian Herbers is our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Ian, it's Bob. How you doing? Ian, you there? Yes, Bob. You got me? Yeah, I got you now. Uh, Before we get to sort of the nuts and bolts of this coaching conversation, I know Reed Wilkins tweeted out the other day, you guys are back up and at them. The university's got some pretty – they had gone to a mass bylaw on campus, I think, uh, before the city bylaw went into effect. But uh, is your team completely vaccinated, Ian? Yeah, staff and all the players have been double vaccinated and all set and ready to go. All right. It's been clear. How's the, uh, when did you start training camp? Uh, we had team meetings Sunday night and then Monday morning, 7.30, we started, went with two small groups this week on the ice and it's been very good. How many players total do you have uh, in training camp? Um, 30. 30. 30. Are students still allowed to try out for the team? Yeah, we uh, we've had uh, three trial players this year. Okay, uh, and they they've done well and stuff. So anybody that's a full time student that has uh, a bit of a resume, AAA midget or higher. Uh, we'll give the opportunity to try out with the team. Uh, Ian, as you recall, when you and me were students, uh, there was no triple-A or higher standard. <laughs> You'd have guys out there. that. Uh, and, and for the record, I never tried out for the Golden Bears team because I knew I was nowhere near good enough to uh, to make that team in the late 1980s. But I do recall guys that were uh, that had played midget B hockey and that sort of thing. Trying out for the Bear, for the team is pretty interesting. But those days are gone. And is that partially yeah. just out of safety for the players because it is competitive and guys can get hurt out there that's probably the biggest thing and then all and the other part is ice time 
Uh, we're limited with the amount of ice time back then. I think Coach Drake and, and Coach Morris, they could round up as much ice as they wanted there, and you'd have 200, 300 people showing up for camp. And There was four or five sessions going on every day and in different teams, and you had to pay attention when you were on. And uh, We just can't do that now. We get our hour and a half, uh, and so we need to make the most of it. Well, there was no women's program back then, and that's part sure, of it. Correct. And then the unit... Now, does, is, uh, Claire, is Claire Drake Arena available for... Uh, like, are, are, is men's league summer hockey and that sort of stuff back uh, taking place there? I believe so. There's a group of us that skates Thursday afternoon, and they're all signed up, and everybody's ready to go, and I think that gets going here right away. All right. Uh, Ian Herbert's joining us here on Oilers now. So, Ian, uh, why are you guys practicing in the morning? I thought you guys practiced late afternoon. Uh, we went to, we, well, when I was my first thing with the Bears, we talked about it, but we couldn't get the ice in the morning. Um, so when I came back, the, the first couple of years we didn't. But last year during the COVID season, we went to the morning time. And we just find our guys, it's such a long day for them when you practice at 5 and you don't leave the rink till 7.30, 7 o'clock at night. They've been in class and, and they've just been worn out and mentally fatigued. Um, this past three days, our guys have been fantastic. We've started early. They're fresh. They're sharp. Uh, they've been on the ice with a lot of energy. And the only thing we need to wait and see is how carries over into games but last year when we were doing all individual training and so far in camp our guys have had a ton of jump you see the explosiveness in them the fun they're having out there uh, and then they head off to school and some of them can be home if they get their workout done be home by noon uh, you won back-to-back national championships in 14 and 15 then you joined the Oilers for three years as part of Todd McClellan's staff you've had a really interesting coaching journey when did you start uh, first thinking about becoming a head coach I guess it would have to be the university. I was uh, played in Western Hockey League, as you know, drafted by Buffalo, but then got hurt, came to the U of A, and my degree was in phys ed with my major in coaching. And then I was going to go back after my four years and won that national title in 92 to get my education degree and, and, and pursue the coaching right away. Uh, but as you know, that's when I signed with the Oilers and played for a while. And so it just kind of got put on hold for a little bit. So I guess from my university days, I knew – that's the way I wanted to go. How you played about ten years pro? Did you ever envision that you'd play pro after you committed to the U of A in the, the late nineteen eighties? No, uh, no. I was fortunate though. I had opportunity. I went to Winnipeg camp that first year with Coach Drake, and then Ken Hitchcock brought me to Flyers camp that second year, and then that fourth year. After the fourth year, we won national title, and the Oilers invited me to development camp, and I signed an NHL contract out of there. But just love playing the game, and just kept working at it. And guys that do that say, you know, get an opportunity every once in a while. Um, and you kind of you kind of worked your way up. It didn't happen overnight to get head coach opportunities you played a number of years in the ihl were you basically an assistant coach towards the end of that um yeah i was taught as a player assistant coach with todd in cleveland uh so todd and i used to play against each other in the western hockey league and i knew my playing career was winding down um talked to minnesota management and doug risebrow and asked if i could you know, start moving that direction, and he said he had talked to Todd. Todd was good with it. Obviously, I wasn't involved in player decisions and that, but I started getting involved with practices and preparation and all those kinds of things. And uh, and so then you, your your first actual coaching job was where, Ian? Um, 
full-time coach would have been with uh, San Antonio. Uh, so I just come back from Europe and I was just managing a rink in the Detroit area, Novi. Uh, and Rick Dudley called me up to be the assistant coach down. Steve Lutzik got called up. Their assistant moved to head coach and they needed an assistant coach in San Antonio. So actually, Jay Bomeister, that's the year they sent him down for a week of conditioning when he came off that big injury. So I coached Jay there for a week as well. We're talking to Ian Herbers right now a bit about his coaching journey. And from there you go to Saginaw with a connection to a guy that spent some time in the Oilers organization. Yeah, Bob Mancini, that's one of the reasons, the connection there, talking with people back in the Oilers organization. So they put us in contact, and it was a good fit for the two of us. And um, so I enjoyed my years, three years with Saginaw, and then two years with the East Coast League with the Johnstown Chiefs. As a head coach then? Head coach, uh, video coach, assistant coach, goaltender coach, immigration, housing. I did it all. I had uh, symbols between my fingers and a triangle and did it all. So it was great learning time management and the focus you needed. So I had to do it all and had to get it done by myself. Uh, you ended up four years with the Milwaukee Admirals, one year as head coach uh, in 11-12 before you returned to the U of A. What was that experience like working for that organization? They had a very succinct and direct approach. It, was, it wasn't about winning games there. It, it was about their players and not not winning with 28-year-old guys, winning with their 20, 21, 22-year-old prospects. Uh, pretty cool experience for you? Oh, it's fantastic. A great organization. Um, and the coaching staff, management, and everything, so good to work with. But they did expect you to win, but as you said, win with the players that they brought in uh, and not going out to get the big free agents. You want to develop their players, get them ready for the National Hockey League, and part of developing players is learning how to win at the pro level. So we had guys like Ro- Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, uh, guys like that down in Milwaukee that worked their way up to the NHL and have been NHL All-Stars. Ian Herbert's joining us right now on Oilers. All right, Ian. Um, so from Milwaukee, you returned to the U of A. You had a lot of different coaches along the way in the journey. Who's influenced you the most, do you think? Well, I've been fortunate. I've had a lot of very good coaches. Ken Hitchcock was my major coach for two years. Uh, obviously, I had uh, Coach Drake and Coach Morris at the U of A. Um, so it's been a little bit of influence from everybody. Um, it's, and just kind of pick and choose off of those guys. But those, I guess, would be the biggest, biggest influences, I guess. And the thing I didn't realize, which I think I've told you before on the show, was I didn't realize Hitch used to come to our practices all the time and, and learn from Coach Drake. And, that. and I didn't learn that until I came back and started visiting with Coach a little bit more. Yeah, well, he was definitely, I remember that, because for the South Side, I mean, that that chain group that you played with in Sherwood Park, those guys were, you know, along with the South Side Athletic Club, probably those were the two best teams in Northern Alberta that used to go at it all the time, and Hitch was definitely a student of the game. We're joined by Ian Herbers. So, Ian, um, you know, there's been an evolution. You're an old-school guy. I mean, let's face it, you were not – it's funny because we had a lengthy conversation on, on tough guys on today's show with Cam Moon and then got a, a bit into it with John Shannon. Just before we circle back to the coaching stuff, when you played in the Western League um, for, uh, you know, the Lethbridge Broncos in a swift current, spent some time in Spokane as well, 
who Kelowna Wings I started with. Pardon me? Became Spokane. Kelowna Wings I started with, which became the Spokane. Sure, team. sure. So who were the who were the guys that? I mean, you're a big man. You're like six foot five, two hundred twenty five pounds. Uh, you had to fight as part of your job. But who were the guys that you better be alert when you were scrapping because they could uh, they could do a number on you. Well, even back then, the smaller guys were tough. You had guys like DeMaio and Keane that weren't huge compared to a lot of the other players, but they could fight and were very tough on the ice. So you really couldn't take anybody lightly. Uh, we had a guy on our team, Cam Lazarick, that never played any pro hockey from northern BC. He was probably one of the toughest guys that I played with or against that. He broke Ewan's nose three times that year, who was playing for New West once in preseason, once during the regular season, and once during playoffs. You had guys like Pochak, Grimson, uh, Manson, you know, on and on and on. There was there's some three or four guys on each team, Cordic, and just you could just go on that way. Pochak, uh, as I said. Yeah, uh, and then when you moved into the American League in the IHL, were there a couple? Uh, you played was Banks, Darren Banks, one of the tougher guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, Banks, and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other person's name uh, from Alberta guy here too. Uh, no, we had a fairly tough team with the, the Vipers, and there was always somebody. I just remember going to those training camps back in those days, and there wasn't much hockey because you'd get those rivalry games. I was talking about when I went to just with our coaches today with Buffalo's camp, we'd play Hartford's rookies, and it was just a fight after fight and a fight, and then it was just a little bit of hockey thrown in there. Uh, Phil Crow was there. Was he not in Detroit? Phil, yeah, that's it. Phil Crow, that's who I was trying to yeah. think of and stuff. So. Ian Herbert's joining us. All right, so we talked a bit about your coaching influences. How important, because Billy often would talk about, you know, there's the, the science of coaching, was, which is kind of technically how a team wants to play, and then the art of coaching in terms of how you, you handle players. Um, and certainly when you're at the U of A and you're playing for Coach Drake and then for Billy, I mean, Billy was a player's coach. He was ahead of his time, was he not? Yeah, well, well both of them were, obviously. Um, very good communicators, very good motivators. Um, obviously, they knew their their stuff, their X's and O's. Big thing with those two, the passion they had for the game, the passion they had for the program, but then also wanting to keep improving and finding different ways to make the team better, not satisfied. Obviously, they had accomplished a ton with the program and in their careers, but they were looking for ways to improve with coaches and then keep improving the team. So those, those are probably the biggest things. And then the preparation they had, and that's one of the big things from Hitchcock, just the preparation. We were always set and ready to play games do you uh coach to stop the next goal from being scored or do you coach to score the next goal we want to play in the ozone we we want to go after teams put them on put them on their heels i want our guys on our toes not thinking just playing and enjoying themselves out there and playing that aggressive style um we i really like our recruits this year that we brought in i think we this year we'll be able to roll four lines three sets of d's and just really go after teams this year all right. Well, you won the national title in fourteen fifteen. You're with the Oilers for three years. You return uh, with U of A in the eighteen nineteen season. You make it to the national championship game, and Luke Phillip breaks his ankle. He was the player of the year. Uh, nineteen twenty, you got eliminated by UBC, but we didn't have a national championship because it got uh, uh, you know ended before because of the pandemic. Uh, you guys will be obviously one of the favorites. You mentioned your recruits, so let's uh, let's hear about some of the kids that you've added this year uh, out of the WHL. Well, we'll actually have about 15 players this year that have never played a game for the Bears, uh, if you include this year's recruits and last year's recruits. Uh, but we got guys like Wyatt McLeod that here played for the Oil Kings. Uh, he's looked very good on the back end for us. Uh, Brandon Cutler 
Josh, uh, Josh, we got Eric Florchuk, Matt Wedman, or yeah, Gary Hayden. Yep. Um, Josh Prokop. So Josh, Josh, Josh Prokop. Yep. Um, so we got a number of guys that can play. We one thing we were with that year we lost to UPC. We were small, skilled, and soft, and I think we've really um, addressed that problem. We've gotten bigger. We've got skill still. We got speed, and we have the depth now. So really pleased where we're at. You got a new goaltender too, Nick Schneider, that came in out of Medicine Hat. Uh, yeah, Nick Schneider, well, Hitman, and then was with the Flames organization for a year or two, and then we also picked up Taz Berman, who was with the Lethbridge Pronghorns program before they folded and then came up here. Uh, and he's been really good for us the last two years here in practice. All right, and you did add, so you mentioned McLeod, who played with the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings for a couple of years, scored a huge overtime goal against the Calgary Hitman a couple of years ago. Uh, but you also added a couple guys, uh, really, as part of last year's recruiting class, Ethan Sask. Uh, Sackwich out of Red Deer. Yep. And then there was a kid that played in uh, Short Park kid that played, I think, in Vancouver or Dylan Plouffe. Is that who? Yeah, Dylan Plouffe. Yeah. Played Benson Hat. So you've got, he mentioned the size. Tyler Prezuzo. Yeah. Who came out of Western League as well. So Ryan Hughes as well, so. So you've got you've had it a lot of guys, and you think you've got a bigger uh, a, a bigger team, and at least as skilled as what you had before. Yeah, we may be not have some of those guys we had in those past couple of years that were very high in skill, but they were small and a little bit more perimeter. I think we got skill and we got size and the speed, so we can play in those games where those teams just try and clog the net front and just box us out. And that we have the bodies there that can get to the net now and make it very difficult on opposing teams. Ian, tell me this: When does the regular season start for the Golden Bears? Canada West Conference schedule. October fifteenth, sixteenth, I believe we're in Mount Royal. Okay. Uh, what? And you got a bunch of exhibition games between now and then. Yeah, we're only playing a twenty-game league game, so we Stan and I worked hard on getting a very good exhibition schedule. We'll start with Red Deer on the tenth and the eleventh, home and home. Then Mount Royal, then Calgary Dinos, then Grant McEwen, and then October eighth and ninth, we'll have Saskatchewan coming here for two games. So basically, the next four weeks after the long weekend, we play every Friday night at Claire Drake Arena. How does the dynamic change with uh, Mike Babcock coaching the University of Saskatchewan this year? Well, you know they'll be well prepared, work hard. They'll be coming after us, and it's good for the league. We'll get a little bit more media coverage, a little bit more attention, um, and they'll be difficult to play against. And it's nice, always new coaches coming in uh, makes makes the other coaches better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ian, uh, appreciate your time. I'm sure we'll touch base. Enjoy the tournament tomorrow. Thanks for the invite. Great. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> uh, anyhow, that is Ian Herbert's the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. He, interesting. He was ready. He was down the coaching path as early as the early 1990s and made it to the NHL and ended up playing 12 years of pro hockey and then circled back to coaching afterwards. So uh, it's not always one continuous uh, route in life. We know that. All right, it is 151 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years, including... Uh, their uh, original location in Old Strathcona. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Ian Herbers was our uh, Wilhawk Beef Jerky Oilers Now headliner today as we go 
to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. September 17th, travel a private WestJet charter, round trip to Vancouver, open bar, just $199. Details at newwesttravel.com. Wow, this guy's 77. Here's Brendan Escott. Yeah, 19, 78. 1943, he is 78 years old today. Glenn Sather, born in High River, Alberta. Slots played junior for the Edmonton Oil Kings starting in 1961 before a 10-year pro career. Of course, he was the coach and general manager of the Oilers' dynasty teams through the 80s, winning five Stanley Cups. He remained with the Oilers franchise until 2000, then accepted the GM position of the New York Rangers. And he's still uh, in in sort of a VP consultant role for the New York Rangers at age 78. This day in Oilers history for New West Travel. September 17th, you can uh, jump aboard a private WestJet charter. Round trip to Vancouver, open bar, just 199 Details at newwesttravel.com. Brendan, Reed Wilkins has got Inside Sports Night. What's he got shaking? I'm here from CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. Dave Campbell, color analyst of the Elks, is going to jump on, and you'll hear once again from Cam Moon. He's busy. Wow. Uh, Cam's a popular man. No question about it. Tomorrow, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Reminder, the Canadian Derby takes place on September the 9th out at Century Mile. Coaches Week continues. Oilers associate coach, former first-round draft choice of the Oilers, Jim Playfair. And from NHL Hockey on Rogers, as well as one of my two radio play-by-play voice partners, Jack Michaels, will be joining us on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, here on Chet. Thank you to all of you who took the time to participate in the interactive elements of the show, and uh, text your perspectives on uh, tough guys of lore of the past in the Western Hockey League and the National Hockey League, but also your thoughts on how organizations should handle uh, the situation with vaccination and letting people into the building. Uh, Very interesting perspectives shared by many. Much appreciated. Have a tremendous Thursday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season 6 of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.